We're all gone. We're having a nice day. We're having a nice time. Oh, fuck it. Are we, bud? Yes. I, <laughs> I don't know. I was having a nice day. I got a really good night's sleep. I woke up and, and it was not even, it, it was well before noon for the first time in like two weeks. Uh, actually, I feel you. I woke up at, at 9 a.m. sharp today. Uh, I, uh, did some stuff around the house so I'm, I'm feeling i would say i'm feeling good but there's sort of this unexplainable air of doom and gloom in yeah, my house what's with the, the, what's with the i dread. don't know what might be happening say uh, in the uh. goddamn news <laughs> 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 i don't know i mean uh, uh, this 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 was this was coming for a long time anyway yeah <laughs> we'll get there we'll get there welcome to well there's your problem it's a podcast about engineering disasters. It has slides such as the one you are looking at now. I'm Justin Rosniak. I'm the person who's talking right now. My pronouns are he and him. Okay. Uh, I am Alice Coulter Kelly. I'm the person who's talking now. I'm the only real member of the working class. We can resolve that argument right now. It's just mm. me. And my pronouns are she and her. I make less money than you do. You? <laughs> You're on Trash Future. <laughs> this is yeah. it for Liam, baby. Can you, can, you, can you file a class action lawsuit as a result of being a class of one? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm just going to start suing people on behalf of the working class. That's why you should move to America. You can sue anyone for fucking anything. Uh, yes. I am Liam Anderson. I'm the person who's talking right now. My pronouns are he and him. Okay. And what you see on the screen in front of you, unless you're listening, is audio. 9 11. Uh, no. No. No, this is earlier than 9 11. 9 10. And this. Stop yes. it! <laughs> no, we, we could we could do this all day. Nine, <laughs> nine, 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 nine. No, not that either. <laughs> oh. This is this all goes all the way back to one baby. This is one meridian. Yeah, uh, this is this is this a building is, on fire. <laughs> Things yeah, are going is, poorly. This building is on fire, and it should not be. T- today, in response to. Will, Menicker, Will Menicker's insults of Philadelphia, we are doing the most Philadelphia disaster ever to occur. Besides the Eagles' most recent season, which is pretty high up there. Well, this is also true. I have a theory about that, but we'll get to that later. Okay. The towering um, inferno, John. Yeah. Yes. This is John one inferno. Meridian Plaza. This was the first, I, I think, the, the largest high-rise fire until 9-11. Yeah, I believe that's correct. Yeah. And uh, we're going to talk about it. But of course, first, we have to do the goddamn news. <laughs> was really expecting the Steve Ham's I was so close. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll save you the Steve Ham's drop. Yeah. So a bunch of, a bunch of, a bunch of uh, Trump guys... Uh, decided to go storm the Capitol building, and they got in. Oh, they and sure everyone did. Got, uh, mm-hmm. got scared. Yeah, and then Shots one of them dawn. got shot. One of them yeah. got shot. One of them tased himself in the balls um, and died. And died. And died. One of them <laughs> got trampled to death while holding a "Don't Tread on Me" flag. Oh, irony! <laughs> and one of them just fucking had a heart attack because a cop you, died. But uh, yeah, because yeah. you can just like holler about like civil war, civil war, civil war, day of the rope, hang a journalist, all of that, and then like yeah. your resting heart rate goes up by one BPM, and you're having a cardiac <laughs> event. It's unfortunate. Uh, 
Yeah, it's it, it was interesting because it was like, you know, oh, my God, they're inside the Capitol building and they get in there. And what do they do? They take a bunch of selfies and leave. They stole Nancy Pelosi's laptop. They stole yeah. Nancy Pelosi's laptop. They like pissed everywhere. They took a, a bunch of posters and memorials and stuff. And I will signs. say, if you were, I, I do have to say, if you were like uh, a nefarious foreign agent, Oh, yeah. And like you couldn't have you, you wouldn't imagine how easy this shit would be. NSA is like, gonna have to get in there as like a preventative right, measure put and on rip my all nets, the fucking copper yeah. wire out of the walls. Yep. I put on my yes. NETSEC hat and I just start crying. <laughs> uh, we gotta we gotta rebuild the entire IT infrastructure of the Capitol. The new Capitol just looks like that windowless building in New York that the NSA uses for surveillance. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, we, we're, I'm, we're done with metaphors here. Look at it. <laughs> you know, the floor plans of this building are public record. You can just they're on Wikipedia even. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they should be. We can. We, it's we the can people's palace, Roz. This is true. Yes. <laughs> Not like uh, not like the Ceausescu one either. This one almost looks good. Um, almost. You're gonna get a bunch of Romanians very angry at us. It's I, the, wasn't it the large, the heaviest building in the world? It's the heaviest. Yeah, it's, it's like or the largest government building in the world, I believe. Um, it looks like ass. The people's it does. palace it looks, looks really like bad. It looks really, really bad. bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, well, so so we had some fascism. Um, we, yeah. we did a fascism, we did a no growth and all of that. Um, and now that we get the really, the really fun part of, of this kind of attempted insurrection or whatever, which is, uh, leftists uh, arguing with other leftists on Twitter for the next week about whether or not these people are workers. Uh, well, I, I, I don't, there was basically no boss directing them to do this. I don't think they're an I, autonomous self-organized commune. That's right. That's the problem. They're anarchists. Hey, <laughs> hey! <laughs> That's what CNN said. CNN. I fucking know. I fucking know. Alice, yeah. listen. I saw that 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 Chiron. I don't even know how to say the word. Chiron. Thank you, Roz. And I just was like, no, no. It's like it's like seeing about Jeffrey Epstein for the first time, and you're like, you fucking Jews, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just they're not anarchists, they're they're fascists. We we would have had a bake sale. We would have mm -hmm. just set up a food not bombs tent right there at the Capitol as we're getting the gunfire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, just just set up uh set set up mutual aid to get into Nancy Pelosi's office. The, um, the, 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 like most famous yeah. <laughs> the most famous demand of any anarchist, as we know, is to keep the current head of the state in power. They love that shit. Yes. Did you oh, say yeah. behead the current? Oh. <laughs> uh, never mind. Locker room talk. Locker room talk. Moving on swiftly. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he's president for like 12 more days, assuming, you know, the military doesn't pull a, an Argentina. And, and I kind of feel us. like it's already happened. Like, I feel right. like there was a kind of a soft coup that went down because there was like an hour where Steny Hoyer and Nancy Pelosi were trying to get the National Guard in, and all they were getting was like, no, no, we don't have the authorization from the, like, the Trump loyalists at DOD. Yeah, yeah, and then this statement came out. Um, that was like, oh yeah, in consultation with the Secretary of Defense, Secretary of the Army, does not mention the Commander-in-Chief at all. 
No, Mike Pence phoned it in. Mike we, Pence we, we did are, it. Yeah, we're activating uh, uh, like the DC and Virginia and Maryland National Guard. An and authority then, which she does not have, I don't, I don't believe. No. And then shortly after that, a bunch of fo- every living former Secretary of Defense and a bunch of former Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff all put out these really weird public statements. And then the next day, Trump gave this like gun-to-his-head concession speech where he's just seething. It's difficult not to read between the lines there and think yeah, that yeah. somebody has had a talk with our big special wet boy and told him what's going to happen. I I had figured that they basically showed him the the video of Kennedy being waxed like five hundred <laughs> times. Yeah, and we're like, this is what happens to the last boy. <laughs> like, play nice. Yeah, my girlfriend and I were talking about that about like who had to basically put a gun to his head and say, "All right, asshole, like it's 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 time to pack this up." No, it's got to be the military. No one else is in a position to do it. So no. Well, there's this really interesting kind of side note here. But uh, the Kennedy Library uh, for years in Boston had a exhibit about the Cold War. I have no idea if it's still there. It's specifically about the Cuban Missile Crisis and how there was an alternate speech drafted in the event we had, you know, nuked Cuba. But Oops. nobody knows who wrote it. It wasn't written by Kennedy. No one on the Joint Chiefs of Staff ever sort of claimed ownership. So there's just this phantom speech going around, which would have really literally been a coup because it would have subverted Kennedy's authority. So like this sort of thing has happened before. But yeah, I got to figure, you know, not Esper because he doesn't have the have the stones for it. But somebody uh, or former Secretary Esper or whatever uh, pulled him aside, put a nine millimeter to his head and said, all right, asshole. Like it's 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 time to go there. The hot shot. Exciting times. We love to live in history, don't we? We love to like perceive no, and we exist don't. in a historical no, we moment. We don't actually. I was told that there was the end of history, and and it doesn't feel very endy to me. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah. I'm just I'm just surprised. It seems like the Democrats may not, in fact, impeach Trump. At, no, because the they're time useless. Of recording, right? Yeah, because they're useless. And I'm like, there's only there's only one thing you can do in this situation, and that is to hang Trump on the Capitol steps and leave his body to putrefy for about six months yes. or so. Is right? it called a you know? it? Like by this point, you have to set an example somehow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Otherwise, well, the mean, next guy, whether that's like Hawley or like Tom Cotton or whoever the oh fuck, is God. just going to be pulling this shit, but competently. And uh, like, yeah, that's we, we, we've bit. seen, we've seen like the the character of like these various people who have been identified, and they're all like ex, like they all own pool cleaning companies and boat dealerships yeah. and. The my pillow guy. Some of them are cops. Some of them are like in the military or were in the military, and it's like it's Chud Dawn. It rules. Yeah, I feel say, so good about this. Uh, Joe Kasabian had a did a tweet. I apologize for saying did a tweet about how these people aren't larpers and shouldn't be considered such. And I think that's probably true. Like these people are fucking serious, man. Like, they might not be competent, but they are fucking serious. Well, you don't like, the, You don't need to be that competent to do what they're trying to do, is no, the thing. You don't. There's, yeah, you don't. Like, like, again, you should be suspicious of these people, and, like, you should, like, I can't believe I had to say it on this program, but, like, yeah, don't tolerate fascism. Yeah. And, like, you don't have to, you don't have to hand it to them, you don't have to try to rehabilitate these people like i know that i might differ from some people on the left with that with that stance but like they're fucking nazis you can treat them like fucking nazis and nazis get the rope unless they're (laughs) unless you're in the united states in which case you just start nasa 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna go back to the moon. No, I mean the thing is, right? As as at time of recording, as we're recording this, pretty much everybody who like live streamed themselves taking a shit in Nancy Pelosi's office or whatever is currently getting arrested by the FBI, right? And resistance Twitter love this shit. They live for this shit, because this is the thing that they love more than anything. It's like, the cops come in and they save the day, and they finally get the like catharsis of like handcuffs and perp walks and stuff that they've always wanted from the Trump administration. And I think you've got to chart a course between like saying, oh yeah, this is great, actually, I love the FBI and I want to kiss them on the mouth, and then the kind of like dumbass left reaction to that, which is like, uh, because the FBI are my enemies, my enemies arresting my enemies means that I have to feel bad for like uh, West Virginia newly elected state representative Chud Gorklunch uh, as he's being yeah. marched away. You know, oh the wheeling Gorklunches. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I you know we had this 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 conversation before we started recording, and like there's this weird divide of like you know the enemy of your enemy is not your friend. Mm-hmm. Like, and you don't have to fucking, you don't have to have solidarity with Nazis. And listen, I don't like, we had this discussion. Like, I don't know what the correct answer is. Like, you know, there's been people on the left who have like called the FBI to report death threats or, or have really, you know, weighed those considerations heavily. And like, I'm going to tell you on this podcast, I don't know what the answer is. I don't talk to cops, but like if somebody sent me a death threat, it's, and I thought that was credible. and was like, I'm going to kill you and your girlfriend. My tune might change like all the self-defense in the world. And I can't tell you, you know what I would or wouldn't do. Cause I've never been put in a situation like that. And I feel very confident in my personal abilities to defend myself. But, you know, that calculus is going to change if it's somebody I love, if it's, you know, my girlfriend and Megan, like that, that would be scary. And so, like, I can't, you know, avoid talking to the cops whenever necessary. I mean, that's a good rule of thumb. But like, I think that for a lot of people, it's just sort of like, well, when they're arresting Nazis, what do you I'm not going to fucking like boo them for it. Mm hmm. Yeah, no. And I mean, like you know, there's there's a lot of people out there, you know, disaffected working class people who are unengaged in politics. That it's possible to radicalize the left. Uh, they they aren't these people, no. right? Like, uh, I, I, I'm not gonna like friend of the show, but I'm not gonna get into it. So, oh, do you really think the average rank and file Trump supporter is a is a literal fascist? I'm like, well, maybe not. But if you're just talking about people who voted pretty for him, damn close. But like, if you're talking about these people, yeah, I think we've seen pretty conclusively that they, that, you know, that they'll make that case for you. I think that's absolutely true. And I, and I think a lot of it is that like for four years, you know, if you called Trump and his supporters Nazis, like you were overreacting. It's just like, well, what the fuck would you have done during the equivalent of the beer hall pooch, which was this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, well, this, is, this, fucking, is the thing, this is the thing that's frightening to me, right? It's not that this happened because uh, as Justin said, it was a long time coming and it was pretty much yeah. inevitable based on the like level of complicity with the cops and like incompetence and all of this. What frightens me is the number of people who I like know and respect and trust on the left who are suddenly starting to talk about fascists in a way that is very like very strange to me. And I that that frightens me. Yeah, no, it frightens me too. I mean, I I I suppose I, I understand the desire to rehabilitate these people and mm-hmm. you know, try and, and sort of if you really do sort of buy into the like 
every single person who voted for Trump is just inches if they just read theory or whatever. But like, <laughs> yeah, I don't believe that to be true. I, I, I believe that you have to, you can't really reconcile with these people. I know the people that do this and do reconcile with these people and get people out of the clan. Uh, I personally don't have the patience for that. And I believe you should still keep slugging Nazis in the mouth. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, right? Like all of the talk about the class character of this gets into like the same fucking arguments we've been having for the last five, 10 years about class reductionism and about idpol. And like, it's not, Id poll specifically to talk about white supremacy, which is the point of this. Like it's 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 a race riot, right? These these people are racists first, and the fact that that's why that they're like this contains people of multiple classes is because they're bound together by chiefly racism. This 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 seems like you know as much as it's like okay, maybe there's some there's some Trump voters you can uh, you you can like maybe bring back into the fold of, you know, uh, the folks. And I think, in fact, there's probably a lot, of, a lot of them that you could bring into the fold of our side. Anyone who showed up for this bullshit, you can write off. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> yeah. do, do, it doesn't matter what they, what they were doing. Yeah. You know, if they were in your favorite <laughs> indie band, if they were in your union, whatever, you got to kick them out. Yeah. <laughs> there should be social consequences for, for being a fascist. And like, I understand that, you know, that might be unpopular and like, whatever I understand. Yeah. We're not, we're not like know. waving a big sports pennant that just says FBI on it here. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, you, you don't have to fucking be making nice with these people. I do think there are some nasty implications about these uh, domestic terrorism laws that uh, oh, Biden so wants bad. to uh, yeah. do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's yes. going to be really, really bad. That's, <laughs> the, ne- that's the next Genesis Gutierrez is going to get fucking shot with an M134 or something because we passed the, the President's Respecting Act because of this. Yes. But, like, again, well, I, 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 that's, Liam, Liam you're causing a bit of echo. Oh, hmm. I'm sorry. Sorry about that. Hang on. Like, turn my game down. That's the difference, right? Is you're. You, you, can, you can oh yeah much you, okay thank you you can you can support these people facing consequences for whatever they personally have done and crucially not support whatever like act the democrats cram together uh to make it illegal to like frown at a picture of joe biden or whatever yeah it's yeah, exactly. much they, like they... a lot of things it's not black and white as it turns out Mm. Get sent to prison for uh, a picture of Joe Biden looking like Winnie the Pooh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, we're getting there. There's, there's yeah. that one form of government that's socialism with Chinese characteristics. Cool. We get we socialism with Biden characteristics. Listen, Jack. Right as he throws you into a into a six by four cell. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well. Now that that's going to, I'm sure, spark some discourse. Oh boy. On the Twitter. Oh boy. Uh, yep. 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 Uh, in other news. We'll redirect all complaints to Roz. <laughs> Elon Musk is now the world's richest man. Yes. <laughs> the <in> Af- fucking Chiron. <laughs> An African American has become the world's richest man. <laughs> okay, now that's, that's identity <laughs> politics for you. I think I think we actually did steal that from Nate. Yeah. Nah, we're all part Nate's of the Nate Nate's having extended himself universe. A day. Yeah. Nate's having himself a day on Twitter. Oh yeah. <laughs> he has entered into the octagon and is just like throwing elbow strikes left and right. It's cool. Yeah, I, I love watching like Nate get genuinely pissed off on Twitter just because like I watched him like more or less just uh go psychotic 
on like one guy. And I was like, ah, I see Nate has found somebody to kick around today. And I was like, <laughs> it was like, I felt a, an affinity for him. I, I felt our souls grow closer because I was like, I do this. <laughs> Bully someone until they block you. That's Liam, baby. Yes. That's always right. a good idea. Elon Musk now has a net worth of $180 billion <laughs> based on his electric car company that makes half as many cars as the next smallest car maker. Yep. And um, the reason why is um, emissions value. trading. Yeah, stock valuation yes. and emissions trading. Uh, the two business models of Tesla, basically. Uh, not Cap including trade, making cars. It works. Yeah, it, it works <laughs> to make an African-American the world's richest man. Um, yeah, so he's, he's temporarily eclipsed Jeff Bezos. He's going to go back down again in a bit. But like, um, yeah, no. So very exciting that we, we now have guys making the money that you can't comprehend how much it is. Uh, yes. on, on the basis of things that you can't comprehend how they work, uh, in order to produce nothing. Just to give you an idea, if I had one dollar for every dollar that Jeff Bezos had, or excuse me, Elon Musk had, I would have one hundred and eighty billion dollars. <laughs> yes, I I shudder to think what you would do with that sort of money. Uh, lots of but, trains. Yeah, buy every class one and every yeah. class two, probably. Oh yeah, I could buy a couple. Do you class like days. short lines? Yeah, too I, bad. Could, I, I, I could finally, I could finally do what Jay Gold set out to do and have a transcontinental railroad under a single ownership. <laughs> Rosser and Western. Yes, it's just your face. <laughs> oh no, I could finally fulfill the manifest destiny of the uh, Atlantic and Western Railroad. Oh boy! <laughs> and we could market a root beer afterwards. Is, is that where it is comes that from? actually where A and W root beer comes from? I have no idea. I gotta look this up now. <laughs> it, it, it's, no, it's gonna be like two immigrants who decided to like put a bunch of weird shit in a barrel and like charge people to drink from it. So it's gonna be no, called it's, like it's the initials of the founder. Yeah, it's, <clears throat> yeah. it's gonna be like Anthony Wiesenusker or something. Uh, Roy Arnold. Allen and uh, close Frank enough. Right, close enough. Sounds Polish yeah. to me. Uh. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, so let's get on to today's incident. Incident. Yes. All right. So I thought we'd start out with some history. Always good. Because it's fun. Here, here is an image of Center Square in Philadelphia. Oh, buildings. In, uh, yes. yes, the pubic buildings. Yes. <laughs> this is uh, this is from the 1910. GW Bromley Atlas, right? I love the Masonic so, Temple right fucking there, just so you know who's there. in charge. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice building. You can take tours of it. Yeah. Do not ask about the secret basement. What secret basement? That's right. Shut up. How'd you get it here? <laughs> what day is it? <laughs> I haven't been in the Masonic Temple. I have been in the Union League. We'll get to that in a second. Oh, me too. Oh, I was there with yeah. you. It was they yeah, had a nice know, chandelier. Right? We're not class yes. traders. We're not class traders. Well, I, we were so, on an architecture tour. <laughs> so, Center Square was the is the intersection of Philadelphia's uh, Cardo Maximus and Decumanus. You want to go by Roman God urban planning Ross. terms, right? <laughs> so those are that is uh, you know traditionally in a Roman city plan you'd have. Uh, Cardo Maximus is the north-south street, Decumanus is the east-west street. Traditionally, the forum would be at the intersection, but here in Philadelphia, of course, we had Center Square, and then later City Hall, right, is, is right there 
smack in the middle of the city, right? It's also where the subway and the L intersect, right? Everything can, can, everything goes into city hall. That's why we're the best city because the government is in the middle. You know? <laughs> Nothing ever comes out, notably. Is it, is it, yeah. Everything does go in. Isn't City Hall the building with the statue of John Hancock holding a scroll where now that the buildings have gotten taller, they're at a level that like, if you look at it, it looks like he's just holding a massive dick. Are you talking uh, about William Penn? William Penn. Penn. Why did I yeah. say John He's Hancock? Hol- it's because of the cock because, thing. Uh, God damn British. <laughs> it's, it's, he's holding it's the, Tuesday, isn't it? He's holding, he's yeah. holding the treaty, the, the Penn treaty. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's, that's why, oh, fun fact, in case you're ever wondering why he doesn't point north, south, east, or west, and why instead he points sort of north, northeast, it's because he points in the direction of Penn's landing, where William Penn landed in huh. 1682. Yes. Also, where the Treaty of Shackamaxon was signed. There we go. That was the name of the yes. treaty. Thank you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we don't have to do a land acknowledgement because the land was actually bought in good faith. There. <laughs> 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 so, behold, as our right. Twitter feed implodes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. This is the other thing we're going to cause discourse about. So, traditionally, uh, sort of East Market, that's like east of Broad Street, o- over over here this was the more expensive area west market was a little cheaper Hmm. this was on account of the pennsylvania railroad's broad street station being here very large very beautiful building most uh most cities that have an east-west divide the west bit's the nice bit well we've gotten we've it's funny because now we're there as a city yeah it's like the earth's magnetic field yes the problem was the pennsylvania railroad had all these railroad tracks coming in on what was known as the Chinese Wall. Uh, okay. Right? Because it was just a huge wall with railroad tracks on top, which divided, it, it, it reduced the amount of area on Market Street usable for buildings, and it sort of, it, it blocked a bunch of streets, so people couldn't travel easily from north of the viaduct to south of it. So that's roughly along today's JFK Boulevard. But yeah, Center Square was where you built, in this sort of area, Center Square was where you built your prestigious institution. So, you know, you had Broad Street Station, of course, empties out into the center stuff. You had the Reading Terminal over here. That is still there. Um, But now it's part of the convention center. Uh, John Wanamaker's department store, right? You had Snellenberg's over here. You had the Masonic Temple, right? You had the Academy of Fine Arts. You had the Union League, you had the Odd Fellows Temple, you know. Um, All of these like the, 19th century societies for guys who like joining things. Yeah, exactly. And right? saving America, Alice. And saving America. <laughs> wearing like, and so, wearing like a fez just in your own time. You're driving a oh, tiny little tank down the street. Yeah, yeah. Driving a little car, yeah. <laughs> I just, that was just a family guy bit, I think, that I referenced, because I thought for some reason there was a real thing <laughs> called the fighting Dukakai, and it's just, it's just a bunch of tiny little Dukakai in fez, in fez hats driving tiny little tanks down Broad Street. No, that's what the, uh, that's what the Shiners do. They drive the tiny little cars while Thank wearing you. Fezes. Thank you. Yeah. I always thought it'd be fun to be a Shiner. I always want to drive the little car. You Aren't know? they Shriners, not Shiners? The Shriners, Shriners, Shriners. No words. Yeah. Also, you can't drive. Although, to be fair, if you can't drive a full size car, Roz, 
you know, this might be to your benefit. I love the idea of you like replacing your bike with one of these like punt punt cars. Tiny, tiny Shriner car. Yeah. (laughs) I can't carry anything, but look how cute I look. (laughs) Here's a fun fun fact. Um, Note how there's a subway station here. This is 15th. Then here is 13th. Then here is 11th, right? Mm. This is because the Market Street L was privately financed. So in order to take away some of the department store's sidewalk vaults, that's their storage vaults that extended underneath the street, they had to make a deal um, so that every department store got its own subway station. Hell yes. Are they all still open? <laughs> oh, they are the department all still stores open, or yes. the, the subway station? Yeah, the subway station. The subway stations, stations, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Only it's, Wanamaker's is still open as a department store, though. And it it's now Macy's. Great fun, though, to... Uh, to, to for people who haven't ridden SEPTA for the first time to be like, why are we stopping so often? And be like, I'm glad you asked. And then by yeah. the time your speech is over, you've cleared three out of the four unnecessary subway stops. Yeah, because it goes it goes second, fifth, eighth, eighth, eleventh, thirteenth, fifteenth, thirtieth. Once they cleared the department stores, they're like, no. No stations you, for you. If you want to get off at 22nd, take a fucking trolley, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> One institution of note here is the Gerard Trust Company right here. Yeah, famously right? easy to 3D model. Yes. Beautiful building. So the Gerard Trust Bank was the still chugging along uh, privatized remnants of Alexander Hamilton's first bank of the United States, right? It was bought by Stephen Gerard after its charter expired. Um, by 1903, they were just this massive enterprise, right? And they needed a new building, right? And they commissioned the greatest architect in Philadelphia to design it, right? That man was Frank, Frank Furness. Frank yeah. yeah. that's, that's a hell of a mustache. Oh, I know. yeah. I, I love this guy. This, this is my guy. guy. looks like he, like, when he's not, you know, designing genuinely, like, gorgeous buildings, he is trying to fight. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Furness wakes up, goes to a drafting board, smashes a bottle over his own head, and cranks out a masterpiece and drops a deuce before you wake up. For, Pennsylvania <laughs> Secret Service Agent 000001. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Truly, so, truly some astonishingly good architecture. Frank Furness uh, is known for sort of violent juxtapositions of clashing architectural elements and prominent use of new materials like riveted steel beams uh, as architectural features, right? Uh, Most of his best work has been demolished, which we'll sort of talk about. Ah, cowards. Um, Yeah, I know. He was also a Civil War veteran. He was the captain of Company F of the 6th Pennsylvania Volunteer Cavalry. He was a Medal of Honor recipient. And it sounds um, it sounds more impressive until you realize that until well after the Civil War, the Medal of Honor was the only medal the U.S. awarded. Shut up! Do you have one? <laughs> uh, uh, you didn't put uh, you didn't put the Bryn Mawr Hotel up here. Uh, no, I didn't because it should... had less space. It's not yeah. even, that's not even in Philly. That's no, in but Bryn Mawr. it's so pretty. Oh my god! It's so pretty. Now they use it as a school, but it was a hotel. It's dude. This is my favorite Frank Furness <laughs> building, and there's no Liam representation on this slide. <laughs> all right, all right. I'll, I'll put it in and post. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Have so, a spin up on towards the screen like a newspaper <laughs> in an old movie. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Frank Furness was a larger than life character, right? He's said to have 
had a, a target painted on the back of the elevator shaft in his office, right? Uh-huh. And he would take pot shots at it with a shotgun during the day to relieve stress, right? <laughs> Dude's rock. <laughs> He's a very prolific architect. His firm, uh, Furnace Evans and Company, uh, designed something like 600 buildings, mostly in the southeast Pennsylvania and South Jersey area. In fact, I think almost exclusively. The only building I can think of that's out of that area was uh, the old New Orleans Union Station. Um, so Gerard Bank commissioned Furnace to. Oh uh, no, he did. Um, he did. Uh, he did a couple things in uh, in Newport, I think. He did hmm. one of the uh, the the Newport mansions. I'm pretty sure it may have just been the carriage house, but I'm almost positive he did a Newport mansion or two. Hmm. And he did uh, a church on Mount Desert Island in Maine. Hmm. And uh, okay. just a little one other fun fact: he did fight at the Battle of Gettysburg. He is our proudest son. <laughs> <laughs> The, we found the only good architect. Uh, slow down. <laughs> <laughs> so he, um, all right. So Gerard Bank commissioned him to do the uh, the new Gerard Bank uh, trust building, right? And they took one look at his plans and they said, "Well, we'll let you know." <laughs> and then they handed off his site plan to the prudes at McKim, Mead, and White, right? <laughs> and um, they designed this thing. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Kind of boring. Uh, it looks like a bank. You just, you just did the Jefferson, yeah. the Jefferson uh, Monument. Yeah, I know. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of, um, kind of, kind of, well, you know, it's a classical building, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's fine. Pretty soon Meanwhile, this guy's had... designing Hogwarts on either side. Like, yeah, yes. I know, right? We got the National Bank of the Republic. Uh, this is um, this is actually like the presentation font, which is great. Um, and then we had the uh, what's this other one? Shit. Um, hold on. I I should have I sh- I should have written down what this one is called because I forget. West End Fuck. Trust another... Building. No, West End Trust is actually this building here. Ah, okay. Yeah, um, you can tell because it looks nice that it was one of his. I know, right? Because it's it's a ridiculous looking building. Um, I think <laughs> I, I think cool. I put it. I think I put it down somewhere. This is this is one of the most famous ones, which was of course demolished. Um. So okay, so they uh, handed Provident it off to Life and Trust. Is that it? Provident Life and Trust. That's yeah. the one. Yes. Yep. Yep. So. All right. Shortly afterwards, they attached this the Morris Building here because they needed more office space. I believe, I believe that was named for Robert Morris, the other rich guy who financed the Revolutionary War. Um, and uh, well, Morris financed the Revolutionary War. Gerard financed the War of eighteen twelve. Yes. Uh. Um, yeah. So, on uh, over time, Gerard Bank realized they needed more space. So. They hire McKim, Mead, and White again to tear down Frank Furnace's West End Trust building and put up a larger and more boring building in its place, right? That's the Gerard Trust building right here, right? It's much uglier. It looks like a... Yeah, it's... It looks like the fucking, like, Mormon church administration buildings in Salt Lake City. Yeah, it's just... Honestly, yeah. 
so it's so depressing. It's, it's just it's it's God. okay. It's okay. It's not great. You know, it's 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 a bizarre skyscraper. What, what how much can you expect out of it? <laughs> Justin Ludwig van Mies, Rosniak. Ah, uh, yes, I shut down the Bauhaus to appease the Nazis. It was me. Jesus. <laughs> 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 <Ooh>, salty. <laughs> so they completed construction on this in 1931, just in time for the Great Depression. Uh, as a result, the office space in there was more than adequate for the bank's needs until the mid-1960s, when they decided to go in with Fidelity Mutual Life Insurance on a much larger tower on the adjacent lot. This was called Three Gerard Plaza, right? This guy here. I topped out at 492 feet, which is still short of the 580-foot height of William Penn's hat. Uh, <laughs> But it was the tallest building built in Philadelphia since before the war, because there was a long-standing gentleman's agreement that no building in the city could be taller than William Penn's hat. Ugh. People resigned over this, by the way. We'll get there. Cool. Yes. <laughs> we, lo we love city planning done by gentleman's agreement. Yeah. So it's 38 floors, 756 square, 756,000 square foot of space designed by the offices of uh, Vincent Kling and Associates. Right. And they sort of specialized in replacing Frank Furness buildings. Oh, um, <laughs> Philistine, <laughs> Philistine and Philistine. Uh, LLC. Yeah. It's so depressing. <laughs> uh, let's look at some examples. Um, all right. So here's Broad Street Station right here. Right. Uh, Vincent Kling and Associates replaced that with one and two Penn Square. Oh, Penn Center. This is the arcade building, right? Notable because it was largely built over a sidewalk. <laughs> Welcome to Philly. Yeah, this, this, this behind this facade is almost no building. It, it's hilarious when you look at the floor plans. They replaced that with one and two Penn Center, or excuse me, one and two Center Square here. Two of the most depressing um, buildings I've ever been in, We love in, taking the these interesting buildings and putting uh, boxes. Mm -hmm. Center Square used to at least have a bar in the basement, and they closed that too. Yeah. Or just as a fucking daycare. It was the only, it was, it was interesting because they had outdoor seating indoors. Yeah, they really, it, they did. It was, <laughs> Great American Pub was a, just a strange place. Because it was like a skylight in the concourse level and then the bar was like contained underground but there was outdoor seating in sort of the skylight area <laughs> i will say bizarre. Uh, back many years ago when i worked at city hall that was the easiest place to get dip and uh it got to the point where the convenience store shut up the convenience store <laughs> uh guys recognized me and they just like grabbed one from behind him and slapped it on the counter and i nice. just go back to work yeah it was magnificent we had a system and I believe Vincent Kling worked in the offices of Edmund Bacon when Ugh. they uh, were planning, um, when, when they did uh, Independence Mall, which you can see here. This is Independence Hall right here. And you can see in front of it are lots of buildings. Yeah, you've got a right? whole historic district right there of like everything yeah. built up together instead of a fucking Disneyland National Mall. Yeah, what they did instead is they decided, what if we demolished all of those buildings mm -hmm. so that the tourists can have a nicer view of Independence Hall, and then we can build the National Constitution Center back here so they can give a, a, a Medal of Liberty to a war crimes guy each year. <laughs> and um, <laughs> Oh, God, the National Constitution Center, I think, is the worst museum in Philly. 
Besides the Museum of the American Revolution. Well, I went there. I went to the National Constitution Center with my dad and my, well, actually both my parents. And my dad complained for two and a half hours how jingoistic it was. <laughs> uh, which is true. It really is. It's just like, America, good. War crimes, no. Uh, Do they at least have of- a copy of the Constitution? Yes. Okay. The Museum of the American Revolution is an event space masquerading as a museum, which kind of yeah. makes it worse. Yeah, that's true. It's like tiny museum, big hall. Yeah. Um, so both those Frank Furness buildings I showed before uh, the were were within this uh, footprint. <laughs> See, God damn yeah. it, dude. <laughs> One of the worst decisions the city ever made was building this fucking stupid mall. <laughs> Doesn't it, it sucks, make you man. feel more no. like Washington, D.C.? I don't want to feel like D.C. I, I hate I don't D.C. Feel, yeah, D.C. sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I just, it sucks ass. You just go down there and whatever Bible-thumping fucking Protestant-ass weirdos are just like, y'all are going to hell, and it's just like, I fucking know, dude. It's 8.30 on a Tuesday. I don't care. <laughs> They're just like, oh, well, if you came to our church, it would fucking blow me. Wasn't uh, wasn't the, the mall in Philadelphia also the thing where they had um, this massive controversy because they uncovered George Washington's uh, like yes, slave, slave quarters? Co- slave quarters, yeah. yeah. They have sort of a permanent outdoor exhibit to it now, but well, that's good. But yeah, well, it's it's. I would prefer if they if they weren't just like and nothing bad ever happened again, <laughs> and they sort of strip <laughs> yeah. it of its context, mm. which is a little yeah. which you you expect, but like it's still it's still a little it's still a little rich, and it's like it's separate from the actual like uh, president's house, right? So if you want the the full like historical uh, brutality included, you have to like go and walk a little way and see the extra bonus content, right? Which is There's like a whole bunch of weird you, shit with the park Alice, service down Alice, there. Do you understand that Washington D.C. and Philly aren't the same city? Yeah, you said the president's house. I just wanted to make sure you don't think the president lives in Philly. No, no, no. The first <sighs> oh, Philadelphia, no, the, oh, first, the, capital, the one that's right here. Briefly. Yeah, I was just yeah. very confused. That's why yes, I, I know, called it the uh, president's house because that's its uh, name. The, I yeah, was just the confused. The president lived I'm, there. Yeah, I'm. I'm I'm sorry I ever doubted you. Will you <laughs> ever forgive that's me? That's all right. I forgive come you. On, We're come still on, friends. boys and green. Love you so much, buddy. Sorry, everyone. All right. To make so anyway, I'll shut the fuck up for 30 seconds. The many crimes. The many crimes of Vincent Kling. Also did the uh, U.S. Mint building back here. Oh. I kind of um, like the Mint building. Sorry. I, I am not a huge fan of it's it. It's tucked I, it away, like, though, so it's at least I, less egregious. It oh, looks I like, a, like it. a sort of suburban industrial building, but they plopped it in this urban setting. When they've Furnace already didn't done do the so first mint, did he? At seventeenth? No, it couldn't no, have been him. No, he did not. Yeah, it was way earlier. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, wasn't even bad. born yet. Mm, okay. Um, well, you, 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 you got to stick to like the Denver mint, which just looks like a fuck oh, you, God. fuck you, do not rob me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> automated guns, automated gun turrets everywhere. The, de- the Denver Mint, like, if you don't know what the Denver Mint looks like, I highly recommend Googling it because it sounds like the noise of uh, a car door being locked. <laughs> but, like, in 19th century. <laughs> the other thing is, Vincent Kling did one of my favorite buildings in the city, which is the Municipal Services Building. Oh, great building. 
I know, held, it's, it's held, so held good. to be in, but it's a great building. What, what, what's wrong some... with being in it? So when I worked for the city, uh, we had this this task we had to do every Friday where despite being city employees, it's not the fault of the building itself, it's the fault of the Philadelphia government and the sheriff's office, who, because we were responsible, at least in part, for payroll, uh, made it absolutely as difficult as possible for us to give the nice government workers their money. So to go up to like the 14th floor and like barter basically with a sheriff's deputy to get access to the computer we needed to be able to give the people their money and to like <laughs> make sure that like, Everyone had had done what they needed to do to get paid and made sure that like, you know, if there were people who who had uh, in some cases like had, like court fees and stuff and made sure they were paid. And the sheriff's deputies were like. Court fees will make this worse for working people. And I was just like, guys, please just please just let me back there so I can do my job, for which I don't get paid enough. Please just like some sheriff's deputy was, was just on his phone. I was like, why are you even here, man? What are you doing? Get out of here. Every time I had to bring payroll to the folks at one parkway, they were just like, ah, oh, yeah, take the, take the envelopes. And I was able to go around the office and give people their pay stubs. It was great. It was like, have some you money. Santa have Claus. Some money. Have some, I was Santa <laughs> Claus. Yeah. <laughs> that was, uh, working for the city is an experience. Um, yes. Oof. it's surprisingly casual. Um, that's how I felt about working for the state some, too. Also in some ways, surprisingly not casual. Um, I always liked that the city was just like one hour lunch. It's paid. Just go do whatever the fuck you want. We don't care. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So anyway, this building, um, one Meridian Plaza at this time known as one Gerard, uh, three Gerard Plaza. Right. Um, you remember the nine 11 episode we talked about. Never forget. Yeah. Never never forget. forget. We talked a bunch about the special structural systems holding up those towers, the tube frame constructions, on and so forth. And Three Gerard Plaza did not have any of that. This is okay. a very conventionally framed building, regular old steel frame with internal columns. You know, so you know your basic sort of grid structure, right? I'm not going to draw all of these grid lines. <laughs> no, every single one. Uh, <laughs> You've already committed every single one there, bud. The only really unconventional thing here is that the elevator banks were all on one side of the building. That was because the intention was that they would eventually buy the lot down here and construct another building as an addition, and they would then share the elevator bank, right? Putting an extension on my skyscraper. Cool. Yes. Considering also this this um, this is already attached to the Girard Trust building over here, right? That was uh they had a crossover on I think most of the lower floors. I think they stopped at some point though. Um there were three stairwells, right? East stair, there was the west stair, there was the center stair, right? Mm-hmm. Um concrete floors on metal decks, spray on fireproofing, so on and so forth, right? Was this um, done better than the spray on fireproofing in the World Trade Center <laughs> where we saw the guy just kind of like went Okay, cool. Seal done. Let's go home. <laughs> that is a good question, which I don't know the answer to. We love oh. we love a union job, don't we, folks? Mm-hmm. Where we can simply go. <laughs> All right, I'm going home. I am. Um, I I I, yeah. I I can't do this unless we have uh, 
45 minutes of ranting about as built <laughs> I, 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 I will start the clock KB now and yeah. <laughs> drawing a Sean's so, face on a football yeah. that we're going to like talk to <laughs> so this was built in compliance with the 1949 Philadelphia building code uh oh yeah so sprinkler systems were only required on below grade floors um, what? yeah, there were hose, which by the way, that seems a lot better than whatever the hell Grenfell was built to. Right. That's true. Um, <laughs> yeah. We have fire cars landed on the moon. Worse than uh, Philadelphia in, well, the <laughs> late forties. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. There were some hose stations throughout the building. They were connected to the low pressure potable water supply, right? So that's, you know, like the, the, the water supply that goes to like the drinking fountains, to the toilets, the sinks, so on and so forth. Um, and then there was something called a dry standpipe yep. for fire department use. Dry, right? dry risers uh, for, for yeah. our British audience. So let's explain what's a dry standpipe or a dry riser. Um, Other than so, the, a thing that you see the sign for on a building, like you'll see a big safety sign that says dry riser and you'll be like, eh, hmm. Mm. Yeah, I don't know what that is. So now you do. You now you're seen, a member of the fucking yeah. elite, the select, yeah. the problematics. Now you will know what a dry riser is. We got to get one of those yeah. dumbass marine billboards they put up in rural areas. <laughs> do you want to fight a dragon in your dress blues? Of course you do. <laughs> yes. It's Roz has to give you a sword. He drops and slices one of his figures off. Congratulations, <laughs> you got eleven figures now. You take that old son. <laughs> so you may have seen. On the outside of buildings or on the inside of buildings, these um, these sort of brass plates, right? They say dry standpipe. They say exterior fire sprinkler or something like that. That's where the fire department can hook up to these systems. The idea of the dry standpipe is it's just a pipe. The pipe goes from the bottom of the building to the top of the building. It has several um, valves on it where you can connect to fire hoses so you can fight a fire anywhere in the building without having to drag hoses all the way up the stairs from the pump truck on the floor. You can just have a relatively short length of hose and the pump truck fills the dry standpipe with water and then the water comes out of your hose, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, you know, if you, so, so this is a very simple system. It's just a pipe, right? Um, so was the atmospheric railway, and look where that got us. <laughs> well, this God. pipe doesn't have a slot in it. Ah, right? okay. Yeah, it makes it a little easier, right? So in- you know, instructions they're, they're unclear. Some- Dry riser filled with horse viscera. Ah, shit! What am start, I doing here, man? Just start <laughs> s- spraying a pink mist on the fire. Yeah, <laughs> this boss, this is not helping at all. Boss, I'm engulfed in flit. Boss, come get me. <laughs> So, you know, they're supposed to be tested every once in a while. Sometimes they're not tested frequently. Sometimes there's obstructions in the pipe. But, you know, usually these things are pretty reliable, right? Uh, And usually there's more than one dry uh, standpipe or riser in the building, right? Usually. I assume. Yeah, usually. (laughs) Things are going to go poorly. Now, another option some buildings have is something called a wet standpipe, right? And a wet standpipe has pressurized water in it at all times, and is they are thus more complicated. Let's explain why. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, if you, you play fun? with any of the valves, you get hit in the face with a fire hose. All right, this is fun because I can. I, I, I actually am just going to draw this. Oh, cool. Okay. okay. Yeah. So we need to explain the concept of hydraulic head. Uh, right? So I think this I've is had a that unit. Before. This, <laughs> this is a, uh, a unit of pressure which is often used in pipe systems, right? So it's expressed in a unit of length, right? So it's usually x meters centimeters feet of water it's fairly intuitive right let's imagine you know this is a water tower uh, I'm, I'm going with the old-fashioned type with the peaked roof it's probably made of wood oh yeah that's oh, cool. okay. yeah yeah exactly right artiste here yeah um this is at some elevation right and then there's water in here we got our free surface marker here Right, and there's a pipe that comes out of the water tower, and we're what we're going to do is we're going to assume the water is flowing right through this pipe to, uh, let's say, you have a house here, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. Right. Okay. Okay. This this is the house. Um. Has a, a, a door. Yeah. Um, there's a that is a depressed looking house. No, there's a flower here that makes it nicer. <laughs> it's got a, a chimney and there's some smoke coming out of it, right? Uh, maybe there's a dormer as well on this side. Okay. So beautiful. Now, beautiful. Now then. So, so what five years gets you a Drexel, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's let's um sort of look at all right, so you can imagine, you know, we have our surface here in a water tower, right? Um and you can imagine this this pipe here, it's full of water, it's flowing. If you took another tube and jammed it into the pipe as such, right? The water would then flow up to the same level that it is in the water tower, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, minus something called the hydraulic gradient, right? Which there's some losses due to friction over the uh, over the length of the pipe, right? Uh, if you have a long enough pipe, you know the head decreases to zero. Um, in addition, there's something called dynamic head, which is where if you have a pipe which is inclined towards the angle of flow, um, it will actually because of the velocity of the water, it will flow slightly higher. Than the hydraulic gradient. Um, but, you know, so the result of this is um, the pressure in the pipe is equal to sort of the pressure of water from the free surface all the way down to the location of the pipe. That's why, you know, these pipes are under very high pressure despite being, you know, four feet underground. It's because the reservoir is, I don't know, 100, 200 feet above the inlet of the pipe, right? And, you know, most municipal systems give you 70 or 80 feet ahead just out of the pipe. After that, you need a pump, right? Um, and that means if you have, like, residential service, that's far too much for no, the not. pipe. You're, no, you're, no, it's not. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. I want to open my yeah, faucet yeah. and just get killed instantly. Just, blow it. <laughs> just yeah. instantly killed. Just blow. <laughs> <laughs> 
you take a shower and are reduced to a paste. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you the, that's how you get the pink viscera, viscera in the, the standpipe. Yeah. We're yeah. efficient here. <laughs> so normally if you're if you're not looking to be reduced to a pink mist by your shower head, in order for you know a house or something to receive water from the municipal system, you need a pressure reducing valve, right? Um now, if you've ever rented like a whole house, right, and you notice you don't have enough water pressure, and you called the landlord up to complain about it, right, and the landlord comes, or maybe the landlord's guy comes, and he goes and does 10 seconds of work in the basement, and everything's fixed, that was adjusting the pressure-reducing valve. He's not actually fixed the problem with the pipes. He's just increased the amount of pressure going into the system. Um, so, you know, and, and that, that sometimes that's fine. Sometimes it's not. But you're telling uh, me that if, if you live in a house, you can just go in your basement and... Um, and, and, and just open up the valve, yeah. Yeah, and blind and or turn into a fly, fine pink mist. Yeah, it might mm -hmm. blow up all your pipes, yeah. Sounds fucking great. I, I mean, I know what I'm yeah. doing after we finish recording this. I didn't ask. <laughs> no, no. Then it would just be Liam and Braz, and everyone would get mad at me because then it would just yeah. be one person interrupting instead of two. <laughs> this way, we outvote him. This is important. Very creative way to commit suicide: opening up the pressure reducing valve. Points, points, points for technique. Yeah, just someone over your corpse holding up a ten. <laughs> <laughs> the Soviet judge gives you a six point eight. <laughs> my 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 resurrected corpse yells, "That's bullshit!" From my half destroyed jaw. Yeah. <laughs> well, it'd be like a be like a, 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 a puppeteer, mm. dead guy puppeteer. All right, so this is easy enough in a house. You have one pressure reducing valve. Let's say you have a high rise a whole building. building with many of them. Yeah. Uh sort of soulless corporate office building here. Can you write right? capital one on top of that for me? Uh, yeah, that works. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I can feel my soul it, getting sucked out. Is it A or O? It's A. Men will literally storm the capital instead of storming the capital. Makes you yes. think. They should. They should. That building is God. God. So you, you, you have Thank some issues here. You can't necessarily use your municipal service for the top floors, right? Because, you know, the, the hydraulic gradient A is low enough that, you know, it's reduced something from the water tower. Um, B, even the free surface in the water tower is not high enough for the top floors, right? Sure. So you got to start, you got to add a pump and that pump's going to pump water to the top of the building, right? Because yeah. of this. The water pressure on the lower floors is always much higher than the water pressure on the top floors. So you need a different pressure reducing valve on every floor in order to make sure that when you open the sink, it doesn't, you know, turn you into pink goo. <laughs> yeah. And now yeah, you exactly, see right? why like every fifth floor of a skyscraper is just plant. It's just a machine mm -hmm. floor. Yeah. Actually, that was my next question. Does it correspond sort of to a range of floors or does it have to be by floor? I am not sure. Okay. Um, I would imagine you could probably have it correspond to a range of floors relatively okay. easily. Yeah, because um, my question was sort of like, I know for a fact to Liberty in Philly has, I think it's something like 10 floors, which are all mechanical for 
floor is above 35. Like That's 35 a, for like 26 yeah. to 35 is just all mechanical. I know that's common. I just wasn't sure if it was a, a range or if it was per. Or... There's a huge amount of services you need in these buildings in order yeah, to keep them yeah, running. Yeah. You know, there's air handlers, there's uh, transformers, there's you know all, all kinds of yeah. stuff. It's like skyscrapers, skyscrapers which... very efficient in some ways, very inefficient in others. In that you have to have yeah, I... this many floors of mechanical to make one floor of livable. I'm convinced that there's no reason to build a building over 10 stories, basically, ever. Mm. Um, <laughs> prestige, though. Prestige. You can, prestige, you can put your yes. name on it. So, this also applies to the wet standpipe, right? In a dry standpipe system, the firefighters go up to a certain level, right? They open up the thing. The pump truck can adjust the pressure for any amount of pressure the firefighters need for their hoses, Right. Um, but the wet standpipe needs a series of pressure reducing valves to ensure that the water pressure delivered to the firefighter's hoses is not too high, right? Because the fire hose, you know, every reaction has an equal and opposite reaction, right? Mm -hmm. If the standpipe delivers too high pressure water to the fire hose, the fireman holding the hose is going to start flying around like he's in a cartoon, you know, just flung through the air, right? You know, so you need what an these embarrassing pressure way to die. Yes, you need you need these pressure reducing valves in order to prevent having an embarrassing Looney Tunes death. Hmm. So, that being said, um, I'm going to use the restroom. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. Man. How are you doing, Liam? Oh, I'm good. You know, there's the creeping specter of fascism, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but but I could be worse. I, I didn't think we were gonna record today. I'm happy we're gonna no, me either. I woke up like set in. just in time to record this because I woke up and then uh you guys were were yelling at me and like, hey, do you want to record in half an hour? And I was like, yeah, actually, this sounds good. I'm conscious, let's do this. I, I am <laughs> conscious. I am conscious. I've just got up. So this is a big change from like and I apologize again to the to the listeners of the last bonus I episode. Don't, I don't. You <laughs> deserve that. <laughs> <laughs> you knew what you were getting into. But like, I yeah, no, but you like, you you usually when you're not tired, yeah, like, yeah, shut up. You at least had a good reason to be tired. I was just fucking, I don't know what was going on with me other than not being able to keep consistent hours, but I was dead on my feet for that, so. Oh, yeah, by the way, speaking of bonus episodes, next bonus episode, it's my turn, kids. That's right. And it's gonna be the NFL. You were annoyed when I did a sports episode. I'm doubling Stick down, baby. Stick to sports. Stick to yeah, sports. I'm, Stick to sports. <laughs> I I really want to talk about the NFL's response to COVID and just like hmm. the NFL as an institution and how goddamn dumb it gets. Yeah, I like just like the. We've talked God. a bit a little bit about like the NCAA, which is in some ways more evil, but like we got to talk it's about like a the pure NFL. Form yeah, of evil. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I, you know, there's been this whole debate over over whether or not these leagues should even play. And I kind of my my thing with the NFL and, and sort of the NBA and, and hockey and baseball is that I don't really care simply because these guys have a union. There's no penalty opt outs like mm -hmm. they at least are getting paid. But like for these kids, a lot of whom see playing as their only chance to like make it to the NFL. If you're in a program like Alabama. Yeah, you know, and your starting OT decides he's not going to play, then you're absolutely going to play. Yeah, you know, because a lot of these kids are poor; they're there on scholarship. Like, 
you know, if you don't play, you might miss your opportunity to like get drafted. Yeah, and, and, and you're going to get career. you're going to get a, a CTE and COVID at the same time because we've made things more efficient. Yeah, and I mean they they've gotten lucky, I guess, in that like no student athletes from prominent programs that I know of have dropped dead of COVID. Mm. But th- if that's your only benchmark, I don't know what to tell you other than I'm not surprised because here's the NCAA. But like there's this story going around now about how all the Sixers have to quarantine. I'm just like, we couldn't have just done this in a tournament bubble. Nope. Every team comes, <laughs> every play a best of three. We have to drag out a whole fucking season for this. And the and I'll say, like, the NCAA season, I haven't watched, but I've seen highlights here and there, and it sucks. And Ohio State's in having won seven games, and like it's an illegitimate season. So that is my opinion on that. But yeah, it's it's that's going to be the next bonus episode is the NFL. Uh, and then eventually I'll get around to country music and online dating. Okay. <laughs> all right. How was your pee? Um, uh, it was good. I, we were talking all this about water and I was like, right, I need to pee. <laughs> Fair enough. So anyway, let's fast forward a bit to the mid 1980s, right? A so fantastic Bank, time in American history. In which nothing yes. bad happened. Everyone is, everyone is yeah. wearing those blue shirts with the white collars and red suspenders. Everyone, everyone is talking is okay. on a comically large cell phone. And driving yes. a Porsche, everything is perfect. Yeah. A Star Trek, Star maybe, Trek. Maybe you got a Countach, ooh, oh, you, yeah. which you've now yeah. bricked into a wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Statistically, you have been killed by driving your Lamborghini into a wall. This is true. Yes, it's a great time. Great time. And I'm going to switch to. I'm going to switch the pen color to red because we're not talking about water anymore. <laughs> so, Gerard Bank was bought by Mellon Bank, right? The building was renamed Three Mellon Bank Center. Then Mellon Bank moved out, and it became One Meridian Plaza after Meridian Bank moved in. Another major tenant was Comcast. Hmm. Um, building ownership itself, uh, it was 65% owned by Algamine Bergerlich <laughs> Pension Fonds. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> As a Dutch civil servant pension fund. Again, so, so 80s that like a Dutch civil servant's pension could be tied up in a skyscraper in Philadelphia. <laughs> I, I love to have my business, uh, like yeah. my, my building owned by like Honkballhoofdeklasse SV or yes. whatever. They, they, they stage a honkball tournament on the roof every year. <laughs> <laughs> So the remainder was by E slash R partners. That was Equitable Life Insurance and the Rubin Organization. I have no idea what the Rubin Organization is. Um, I believe that's uh, oh one of the the Sixers owners. <laughs> oh, great! Uh, yeah, <laughs> Michael G. Rubin. I think that's him, but it might not be. No, it's not him. Apparently. Yeah. Uh, Philadelphia adopted a new fire code in 1981. It required improved smoke detector systems, right? So the uh, the building you can see right here in this 1980s skyline with lots of pixelization because it's from the Office of Records and all their scans are shit. Um, nice. I know, right? I, 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 I like that they have like this whole system for searching for historic photos. I don't like that oh. all of the pictures are about 480 by 220 or whatever. Roz. <laughs> what? Ruben organization was bought by PREIT. 
It's it's part of Priot. Oh, yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. Oh my what god. Is it's Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania Real Estate Investment Trust. Yeah. <laughs> who who, uh, who have recently been having a bunch of financial problems, yeah, I believe. They filed for bankruptcy and then got right back out of it like um, 40 days later. That's efficient bankruptcy right there. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not a cheat code in any sense. They they uh they um uh shit, what's the other one? Philadelphia Suburban Development Corporation, which owns a bunch of urban properties. All of these sound uh, like the conspiracies that like a private eye has to unravel in a James Elroy novel. More like Scooby Doo, because it's real estate. <laughs> <laughs> uh it's another real estate developer. What a what a what a uh what, what a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> so Okay, by 1989, they were doing some uh, gradual renovations on the building, right? Including fire safety improvements, right? So they started to convert the dry standpipe system to a wet standpipe system, right? With the associated pressure-reducing valves so they could install sprinkler systems on the upper floors. They were eventually going to retrofit the entire building with sprinklers, but... In the interim, they were only installing them either as tenants moved out or as tenants requested them, right? Oh, boy. Um, yeah, I, I, I love to, like, uh, rent out a couple of floors for my dry tinder storage company <laughs> and ask, hey, do you mind if I, you know, you put some sprinklers in here? We're, we're, we, we, I rented out three floors to build a maltings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what are you, what are you going to be using the 111th floor for? Well, I'm mostly making thermites. Yeah, actually, I think I'm going to I'm going to throw a uh, some kind of chemical plant up here. Um, <laughs> Store a bunch of magnesium. Look, look at the views. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to throw I'm going to this 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 seems like an ideal spot for a meth lab. This is why this is why petrochemical company really high up petrochemical company LLC. different the different atmospheric conditions up there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So um all right, so this is um all right, so you know, they were gradually installing these sprinkler systems and through a creative interpretation of the fire code, oh boy, the building was allowed to only have smoke detectors near the exits on each floor instead of throughout each floor, right? Why? How? What? So there was something about the definition of a common area, <laughs> okay. Right? Okay. <laughs> Which, since it was an open plan office space on every floor, oh, that's just fucking brains genius. Required <laughs> one or two smoke detectors on each floor, uh -huh. conveniently located next to the risers, as opposed to actually going through the whole floor. Awesome. Um, <laughs> we love shortcuts. We love our shortcuts. It, they're more and efficient. Then, that's why you take them. Yes. Any percent so, building fire speed run. <laughs> <laughs> so this is um uh, this is a picture of the Philadelphia skyline in the uh late eighties, early nineties, I think. Um well it has to be it couldn't 80s, have been early because yeah. one liberty is up. Yeah, one liberty is up, two liberty is not. Two, one liberty was the first building to break the gentleman's agreement. You can see William Penn here being very, very mad at this tall building. You um, son of a bitch! I'll kill you. 
The result of which, of course, was William Penn, Kirsch, the uh, Eagles, Sixers, Phillies, Flyers, so on and so forth, <laughs> right? Um, the, uh, the, 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 the Philly sports has been shit ever since this building went up. The, um, the Eagles won a Super Bowl like two years ago, dude. Yeah, well, uh, we'll because get they to start, that. Yeah, okay. How we restarted the curse. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, anyway. Now, before we go, we go further, I just wanted to take a moment to discuss fire safety with Paws and Gentry. Oh, right? my God. <laughs> <laughs> pa, if you've ridden SEPTA, you've seen Paws and Gentry. Um, they are the SEPTA dog, a Paws, and the Philadelphia Fire Department dog, Gentry. And they explain to you through easy-to-remember mnemonics of fire hazard, right? So let's start with stop, right? S, stoves are dangerous. T, they can start fires. <laughs> o, often with hot grease or flames. P, pay attention when cooking. Uh, I wish to be the Philly Fire Department's mnemonic guy. <laughs> I, I really like danger where he's not even pointing at what I assume is the fire alarm. <laughs> Has the people who drew, this, drew these ever seen a dog? <laughs> did it once, never did it again, baby. <laughs> I'd like to point out that over 20 years of these cartoons existing, the characters have been drawn exactly once. Oh shit, that's exactly true. The same poses. They, they have been, they've just mirrored Gentry. <laughs> Talk about copy degradation, holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> here's, here's another one. Pause and Gentry say, check wires, prevent fires. Uh-huh. Uh, it's check. C, cords for cracks God or damn. frayed. H, Hidden dangers in old wiring. E. Electrical outlets for loose plugs. C. Counterfeit electrical appliances. Oh boy. K. Keep from overloading outlets. <laughs> you know, like I, I have a lot of friends in like uh, various, like mostly EMTs and paramedics, but like across emergency <laughs> services and stuff. And the one thing they all say about firefighters, right, is that they've kind of done themselves out of a lot of work because of all of the public education that they do. By doing this stuff, if it's done well, you get to a place where most of a firefighter's workday is like playing PlayStation, and then like one percent will be actually, you know, putting wet stuff on red stuff. Uh, it, I'm not sure that that's still... First you wet your drives. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I'm not sure that still applies when you're using fucking reused clip art from 1995. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We, have, we haven't had a skyscraper fire since... Uh, um, yeah, because all the skyscraper guys so. are, are looking at these as they ride the subway. They're looking at they're looking at Paws and Gentry. Yeah, <laughs> so. Paws haunts right. me. Look, look at that cold, um, dead-eyed expression in the bottom left. He, he, honestly, though, yeah, he looks he looks kind of weird. Uh, <laughs> Gentry looks uh, uh, like a friendly dude. Paws is like just like he looks like he's got that thousand thousand yard stare. <laughs> Probably seen some shit while operating the subway trains. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, um, Paul has got to clean the guys off the tracks when they yeah, drive. Yeah, he's, he's seen he's seen a, a he, few too many man unders. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. 
Now we need to talk about flax. Uh, uh, the seed? Yes. Oh, oh, the, right. Linseed oil. Yeah, right. Roll time. Yes. Go. Flax. It's the, uh, I'm renting my 111th floor flax storage facility. So this is, flax is the plant you get linen from, right? It's this flowering, blue, fibrous plant, very pretty, so on and so forth. Um, in addition to linen, you can get flax, uh, you can get flaxseed oil or linseed oil out of a flax plant. This is a natural, edible oil. It's organic, you know, most all natural, non-toxic thing you can think of, right? And it has some properties that make it very good for treating wood for finish and durability, right? That property is that it's a it's a drying oil, right? So when exposed to oxygen, it polymerizes into a solid form, right? And this is sort of this long-term process which darkens the color of the wood over several months as volatile components evaporate, but the initial polymerization is very quick. And it's also exothermic. It gives off heat as the reaction occurs, right? All, all of the best reactions do that. That's fine. That's cool. This is true, yes. Um, that the, the burn means it's working. Um, <laughs> So if there's a large surface area for this linseed oil to react, say a lin uh, an oil-soaked rag, right? Uh-oh. Such as one might use to apply <laughs> linseed oil to wood. <laughs> this process happens rapidly enough and is exothermic enough that the oil may auto-ignite and catch fire, right? Huh. So when using linseed oil, care must be taken to ensure that the rags aren't left lying around. They should be immediately be burned in a controlled fashion or oh, soaked boy. in soapy water and disposed of in a fireproof container. And then what happens? <laughs> <laughs> February 23rd, 1991. When Rose says a Workers date, <laughs> things are going to go poorly. <laughs> <laughs> Workers were f finishing wood with flaxseed oil on the 22nd floor of the One Meridian Plaza building. That's, that's crazy. Normally I just finish wood with my hands. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This also would have put uh, out the fire, as uh, we've seen in Texas City. Uh, you guys have got to yes. come harder. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, a moment for our sponsor, Blue Chew. Um, <laughs> Dicks, so, rock hard, buildings on fire, rags lit. <laughs> you want to top, you want to bottom, you want to do missionary, Blue Chew, blue, 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 blue Chew, Chew, Chew. <laughs> Well, Vice News hasn't gotten back to me, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta make that yeah. money. So, the workers finished their work for the day. It was Saturday. Um, they left, and, and they left for the day. And they left the rags out in the open and went home <laughs> for the weekend. God damn it, every time. <laughs> Do we know what is, woods uh, they were tracing? Like, was it just furniture, or...? Like structural, I, it was a wood nineteen eighties wood paneling. Ah, oh, cool. Yeah, you're gonna have a rumpus room on the twenty second floor. <laughs> yeah, 
So anyway, uh, danger. <laughs> Not good. Shake hands, danger. Dun, dun, dun. All right. So, um, predictably, that linseed oil auto-ignited and the small fire it produced from one rag quickly grew into one that could trigger the smoke alarm, which was all the way on the other side of the building. Oh, boy. Yeah. So at 8.23 p.m., the smoke alarm went off, and a building engineer was like, oh, God. And he went up the elevator to the 22nd floor to investigate. The elevator car opened, and there was just a wall of smoke and flame. Oh, good. Yeah. The elevator. Oh, I pressed the wrong button. It's taking me to the floor that's on fire. <laughs> took, it took me to hell. <laughs> you imagine just coming to the ah, fuck. Nope. Going out. No, no, nope. No, I am no. out sick, baby. <laughs> so, yeah, the elevator car immediately filled with smoke, and the building engineer was unable to find it. was so full of smoke, the building engineer couldn't find the elevator control panel to bring himself back down. Jesus. He had Christ. a radio downstairs to the security guard to use the fire controls to manually recall the elevator. Fuck. Yeah. So, you know, the engineer and the security guard reconvened in the lobby. There was another security guard on the 30th floor who took the stairs down. Um, Very quickly, one imagines. Oh, that's fucking yeah. great. That's good cardio, yeah. though. <laughs> that, really, that guy really has incredible thighs. Just like oh, tree yeah, trunks. Just- <laughs> Fuck, 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 our coach would say, okay, this is the day's warm up before like the regatta. What do you have to do is you have to go up and down the stairs in this 30, 35 story building three times. <laughs> no, thank you. Just lighting yeah. it on fire as motivation. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was an experience. That's it a lot of stairs. Um, <laughs> Imagine so imagine anyway, you're the taking the stairs up a floor or down a floor and an entire fucking rowing team just streams past you and they have to explain that like no it's not on fire we're doing a thing. We're idiots. Yeah, we're fucking okay, idiots. Yeah, no, no, we're idiots. Yeah, we're idiots. Um so, well, look at our thighs. Look how big my calves are. <laughs> I shit. You know what I, you know what I just noticed in this picture? Remember how I told you the story about the mass climber? Yeah. Yeah, it was on this building right here. Huh. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. There she is. Hmm. So, okay. Um, once the engineer made it down, the security guard came down from the 30th floor, and the security guard in the lobby, they all you know, convened. They made sure they were all safe. They, To the best of their knowledge, they were the only three people in the building, right? You know, so they, they convened. They got out of the building. Um, they called the fire alarm company to determine to relay to them that yes, it is an actual fire. Don't put this in as a false alarm. 
And at that point, they realized, oh, we should also probably call the fire department. <laughs> yeah, that might help. <laughs> <laughs> the first the first call actually came from someone on the street. Um, went to a pay phone to call 911. That's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, 8.27 p.m., the Philadelphia Fire Department calls the first alarm. They dispatch Engine 43 and a battalion chief. And when the battalion chief gets there, he orders a second alarm immediately, right? Um, the first uh, group of firefighters went up to the 11th floor on the low-rise elevator bank. Because there were two elevator banks. One of them only went up, went up to the 11th floor. God the other it. one went up to the 38th. Um, once they got off the elevator to the 11th floor, the power went out. Oh, good. Huh. Yeah. Comforting. Well, at least it didn't go out while they were in the elevators. Yeah, oh, that would be no an issue. Tank, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, really intense heat from the fire on the 22nd floor melted cables in the electrical riser, Holy right? That's shit. where the electrical cables go up and down the building. Um, and those cables shorted together, and they tripped every breaker in the building. Huh. Um, and the emergency natural gas generator just failed to come online. All right. So there were no, there were no emergency lights anywhere in the building. The building was completely dark. Um, and of course, you know, it's February and it's 823. So we, we yeah, got to give firefighters those cool tactical night vision goggles. In my opinion, like modern <laughs> yes. warfare, I, but you're carrying a fire hose. <laughs> I don't know if that would work with smoke. This loadout doesn't work at all. The <laughs> <laughs> name is soap anyway. <laughs> So the firefighters turned on their flashlights and they oh, that's trudged probably a up better the stairs. Idea, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To the, to the 22nd cool, floor. Though. They got to the 22nd floor. There was clearly a lot of fire. The door was warped and blistering from heat, right? The paint was falling off. The door was like sagging. The other thing was the door was locked. Oh. Just, just yeah. gently trying the door and being like, oh. <laughs> Well, I, I, they're firefighters. They like that's breaking true. Down they doors. love that I shit. Love yeah. They love that shit so Fire- much. They're big, beautiful they- himbos in the fire department, and we love them for mm. it. And and you know, she/her bimbos now. But like, yeah. uh, no, we. <laughs> it beats playing PlayStation. <laughs> is the thing. I assume they made a, a solid effort at breaking down that door. Mm-hmm. Um. What they what they wound up doing was they um the first thing they did is they took they managed to break you know like wire glass that you have on these sorts of doors oh yeah, yeah. there's a little tiny window with like some chicken wire on it and there's glass they managed to hook up a hose to the dry riser and um you know start spraying water through the tiny window <laughs> right just firefighting through a keyhole <laughs> yes and. Some of them went down one floor and found out the 21st floor door was unlocked. Thank God. Mm. It turned out the building had obtained some sort of variance which said Ugh. that stairway doors could remain locked oh. as long as every third floor was unlocked. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they did a good job. And again, good we're, doing, we're doing keyhole surgery, but for firefighting. This is yeah. very cool to me. <laughs> This is, this is an effective way of, uh, uh, of, of, of fighting a fire, right? All right, so tiny fire grows into huge fire because the smoke alarm was in a bad spot. 
Um, power's out. Door is locked. Um, <laughs> doing good. Doing so good. So we're already we're not we're not doing so great. Um, now this suite of offices had a convenience stair between the twenty first and twenty second floor, so the firefighters were able to use that for access. They hooked up the line to the standpipe on the twenty second floor. They dragged the hose up the stairs. They opened the valves, and the water just sort of trickled out. Oh boy! Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the pressure-reducing valves were doing their job uh, a little bit too well. Oh, that's really sad um, to imagine this firefighter like, like fully stanced up against this hose and you just get... What would have been cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so... I swear this I'm, never happens. Yeah, yeah, I had too much to drink. <laughs> 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 Few, operating these valves required a special tool which the first responders did not have um, it, was, it was commonly available like a second alarm they would have found one and brought it but the other thing was these pressure reducing valves weren't marked in PSI or any unit of pressure they were oh, marked boy. with unitless numbers that could mean anything <laughs> put it in H <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, okay, you could try and maybe adjust it, but, you know, you could do anything from, you know... You, Turn you, the you guy holding the hose exp- into paste. Yeah, exactly, right? So they couldn't do anything about it until someone with knowledge of the valve system arrived, right? And so at this point, the uh, fire chief on duty called some additional alarms, right? So... Alarms are a loosely defined term, um, usually referring to the number of firefighting units that show up to a fire. So, you know, it's a one alarm fire, two alarm fire. Yeah. And in, in, in most Britain, jurisdictions. In Britain, that's a pump. So, like, we'll say pumps four yeah. or pump six or pumps eight. Yeah. A lot of jurisdictions only go up to five alarm. Philadelphia is not one of those places. One meridian quickly became a 12 alarm fire. <laughs> oh, holy shit. <laughs> Punches big red button reading, send everything. <laughs> send everything, yeah. <laughs> so one of the things they tried to uh, overcome the pressure reducing valves is a bu- they sent a lot of pump trucks in and just sort of hooked them up together and attempted to pump enough water and gain enough pressure to overcome these pressure reducing valves. It didn't work. The valves were too good. Ah, damn. Um, <laughs> we should have built this worse. Yeah. <laughs> Over the first two hours, the fire spread upwards to the 23rd and 24th floors, right? And this is, this is the sheer quantity of smoke being created by this fire made travel up to the location of the fire extremely difficult, especially if you're working in the stairwells, which, of course, they were because they couldn't actually get into those floors. Um, so three men from engine 11, which is one of the first units to show up on the scene, were sent up to the top floor of the building to attempt to open hatches or doors at the top of the stairwells to vent the smoke, right? So some facts about engine 11. Engine 11 was Philadelphia's first all black fire company established in 1919. Mm. They were desegregated in 1952. It is funny how um, much uh, like entirely black organizations helped pioneer a lot of this stuff. The first paramedic service in the U.S. was, to the best of my knowledge, all black. Yes, I believe so. 
Now, by 1990, Engine 11 was uh, sort of just, you know, it's a regular fire company. It's located at 6th and South Streets. It's still there. Um, three men from Engine 11, Captain David B. Holcomb, Phyllis McAllister, and James A. Chappelle, started up the center stairway around 930. No one's exactly certain when they were ordered up there or when they started going up there because the emergency channel was not recorded. Um, God, Jesus Christ. Also yeah. weird to send them up in threes. I thought you always wanted to have like an even number of people so you can, you know... Drag them. Yeah. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. Um, and they reported soon afterwards that they had become disoriented by smoke and were now outside Holy the stairwell shit. on the 30th floor. Dude, how much does it take for a firefighter right? to be disoriented by smoke? Yeah, I know. And right? a stairwell too, which is... Fuck. Yeah. They had a whole. They they all had uh, they all had scuba gear as well. It was all all had the self contained breathing mm -hmm. apparatus, right? So over the radio, some attempts were made to direct them back to the stairwell. Didn't quite work, right? They broke a window for ventilation, but it, pretty quickly they were all overcome by smoke. Holy right? shit! Yeah, not so good. Um, an eight man search and rescue team was dispatched to search the thirtieth floor. Didn't find them, right? And that eight-man team started searching upper floors above the 30th floor, and they themselves became lost and disoriented on the 38th floor. Fuck that. Good so Lord. another search and rescue team that was dropped on the roof by a helicopter had to Fuck. come and save them. Um, but they did save them successfully? They did save the search and rescue team, yes. Well, um, one back at least, I suppose. Yeah. So search efforts continued even as the fire was out of control and reaching the 26th floor. At some point, they had to discontinue helicopter operations on the roof because there was too much smoke, but the exterior searches with the helicopter searchlight continued. At 2.15 a.m., they found a broken window on the 28th floor, and they found out that was broken by the men of Engine 11. Uh, and, you know, at this point, it had been five hours. Uh, they were all dead of smoke inhalation. Jesus. And I mean, the, the search and yeah, rescue team, the Christ. first one was within two floors of them. They just went up instead of down just by chance, I guess. Yeah. That fucking sucks. One of the problems was the window they broke was, um, if you sort of look at this picture, it was sort of around here-ish, which was a location which was not really visible from any adjacent street. Mm, and they didn't have uh, the like the past uh, devices that firefighters have now where they just like set off a loud ass alarm if you stop moving, I guess. Uh, I, I would yeah, assume I guess, no. I, guess, right. I assume no. I, I have no idea and they may have had them, they may have not. I, I don't know. <laughs> um well in the meantime firefighters who were engaged in you know fighting the fire decided all right, fuck these standpipes. <laughs> We're going to run five-inch hoses up the stairs. Jesus. Okay. Holy yeah. shit. So those came online around 2.15 a.m., the first one at least. Two further were installed later that night. Um, this gave them proper pressure for fighting the fires, and some parts of the fire were even able to be con contained at this point, right? They started making some progress. Um, Shortly after the first line was uh, laid, the sprinkler system contractor arrived. Oh, hey, with, guy. Hey, what's yeah. up? 
Things are going poorly. Hello. And he had the engineer's secret weapon. The manual. (laughs) (laughs) I I like that this is distinct from 9-11 because, like, you don't have this cool sort of uh, unique frame design. So you're not worrying about the building actually collapsing at this point. Yeah. You're just, you can fight the fire. At this point, we're not worried about the building collapsing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, anyway, he he goes up, he goes up to the 22nd floor, and using the manual, he adjusted the pressure-reducing valves to provide adequate pressure for the firefighters. And suddenly, the uh, the fire on floor 22 looked containable. The issue was there was now at this point also quite a lot of a fire on quite a lot of fire on floors 23 to 26 and it was still rapidly spreading. Uh, well, okay, in the pro column. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, while this fire was occurring, uh firefighters were observing significant displacement of structural members within the stairwells, right? Um, the fire chief reported cracks in the walls large enough to put a man's fist through, um, mm. and they consulted with the structural engineer, who basically said, "Yeah, this building's probably going to come down." Um, so you know, the fire chief said, "All right." At this point, we're just protecting property. Let's get our people out of there. Mm-hmm. Right. Thank so, God for that, man. Just yeah, yeah. Having 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 done enough of these, <laughs> the fire the fire chief wearing a big DSA pin is like, <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> well, that's about that's that, that's uh that's the ball game. Uh, let's get everyone out. Right? You guys want to go to the bar? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it, the building was fully evacuated around seven thirty a.m. The last firefighters left the building. And the only thing they had left were stationary water jets from adjacent buildings. You can see two of them coming out of uh, Center Square right here. Um, all of Center City was basically evacuated because it was everyone expected this building to come down, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in the early afternoon of February 24th, the next day, the fire reached the 30th floor. And the 30th floor had a sprinkler system installed. The, sprinkler <laughs> the real MVP system. here. <laughs> yeah. The sprinkler system turned on and basically extinguished every fire on the floor as it started. Um, floors 23 to 29 burned themselves out. The fire was declared under control at 3.01 p.m. that day. Good. So you just had uh, yeah. fuck six floors just burned to a crisp, and then it hits the sprinkler system yeah. and just yeah. stopped dead. You just stopped dead. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> just annihilated. <laughs> Got some pictures. You can see here's some firefighters on one of the balconies on the Gerard Trust building, spraying water into the building. Right. You can see here's here's a stationary water cannon. From uh, one center square, you see they broke two windows. They're using that building standpipe system to spray water on the fire. Um, more wow, God, that, yeah. that's cool. Towering inferno. 
That's dizzying. Yeah. I do not get too close to those windows, you know, just for the sake of your own anxiety. Yeah, exactly, right? Not a not a good time. So sort of the aftermath here, you know, we have three firefighters who are dead. The building is trashed. Completely trashed, right? Mm. Some of these floor plates sagged as much as three feet from Jeez. the horizontal, right? A lot of uh, granite panels fell off the facade. The adjacent Gerard Trust building suffered major water damage. It was shut down for years. Um, the area around the building was cordoned off for two months until they could figure out if the building was actually structurally stable, right? Um, and eventually they found out, yes, the building will continue to stand up, right? <laughs> so, you know, what, what is sort of the aftermath of this? Um, and there's actually some good legislation that came after it, right? Mm. Um, so Mayor Wilson Good, who you may remember from the move bombing. Um, <laughs> you you yeah. may remember me from such atrocities as. Yeah, America's first, uh, the, the first African-American uh, big city mayor in America. Um, who bombed really his own city. to make it count. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So he signed a law which required sprinkler systems to be installed in all non-residential high-rises by 1997. I don't know why residential high-rises were exempted. I, I, Just I, I, leave, I you, leave yourself the option <laughs> to do a grand fell for fun. Yeah, or another <laughs> move bombing. You know, you gotta keep your eyes yeah, open. Yeah, exactly. Well, move bombing was not a, that was not a high rise. I mean, if they had no, added I some know. more floors of fortification, maybe yeah, it would have been. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That was probably, a, that was, that was probably a 40, 50 foot structure by the time they were finished with the, uh, the weird fortifications on that row house. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the, all buildings in Philadelphia had to have uh, sprinkler systems, all high rise buildings. I think it was over 70 feet. Uh, and a lot of landlords complained a whole bunch, uh, but we'll eventually the, the city forced them to comply with this, huh. right? Turns out you can do yeah. stuff like that. Weird. Yeah, it's nice to have a little bit of state capacity, you know? Mm. That's, uh, <laughs> Back in the day. Yeah, there were several other code changes which were implemented to increase fire safety, one of which was also mandating that the stairwell doors should be unlocked. <laughs> Genius. Yeah. It's like a, I, I feel like a relatively simple change, but like, who thought it was a good idea to lock the emergency stairwells? <laughs> My God. And then, yeah, the, the building itself. Um, so they had to figure out what to do with the building afterwards, right? Mm. Um, and the owners, um, Honkball Associates or whoever, <laughs> um, <laughs> they ended up in a legal batter with their fire insurer, Aetna, which I believe Aetna only does health insurance now. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, they spun off everything else. <laughs> They're like, oh yeah, this fire is a pre-existing condition. Trouble do it. <laughs> <laughs> and they were, you know, trying to figure out how to repair the building, who was liable for what, right? Um one of the one of the plans they tried to 
put forward was they were going to demolish the building down to the 19th floor and build it back up again, right? Huh. What? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, but in the meantime, the entire surrounding block was shut down, including the Gerard Trust building, including the Morris building, several smaller buildings facing Chestnut Street. Um, and eventually the city just said, fuck it, and started slapping the owners with fines and L&I violations and so on and so forth, and they decided, all right, we're going to tear down the building, like, whatever. <laughs> Demolition commenced in 1997 after being a blight for seven years. Jesus. The better Billy, part of baby. seven years, yeah. It's finished in 1999. It was the third tallest building to be voluntarily demolished at that time. Uh, voluntarily. The- That's yeah. why we said voluntarily. Yeah. Yes. After the Singer Building and the Morris Hotel in Chicago, um, most of the surrounding block was demolished with it. The only thing that stayed up was the Gerard Trust Building. Uh, the Morris Building came down because they'd all been damaged, uh, it fire damaged from you know falling shit, so on and so forth. And for about a decade afterward, this was a just this was a vacant, not a vacant lot. It was a parking lot. <laughs> On some of the most valuable real estate in Philadelphia. Um, well, obviously that was never going to be allowed to stand, So, and now it's the fucking residences at something, right? Yes, actually, yes. it is oh, um, now off. the residences. It is the residences the at the right? Is it actually? Yes. Is it actually it the really residences is. at? Oh, yes. fuck yeah, at me. At the Ritz-Carlton now. Oh, <laughs> yes, Jesus the, Christ. The, the Gerard Trust Building was renovated into the Ritz Carlton, uh-huh. and um, they built the residences at the Ritz Carlton on the former site of the of, of One Meridian, and then yeah, behind it, Alice. I did yeah, think be, <sighs> behind it is the now the W Hotel and Element by Weston, <sighs> which is only just completed and is the closest building to City Hall to exceed the height of City Hall, which is, I assume, why the Eagles suck this yeah, season. Yeah, you got the curse back. Yeah. You got the yeah, curse the curse back. has come back. You know, developers have once again, um, you know, decided to uh, impugn Play William God. Penn's yes. hat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? And so, that's the story of One Meridian Plaza. And we learned from this that um, 9-11 was an inside job, controlled demolition, uh, yes. Google, Building 7, uh, yes. things of that nature. As we know, high-rises never sustain significant damage from fire. Yeah, because th- <laughs> this one didn't fall down, and so that means that Thanks. they can never fall down, even when they're framed completely yeah. differently. Don't worry about that. Yeah, and, yeah. don't worry about and definitely don't worry about that one in Iran or the one in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I was going to throw in some footage of those just to say high-rise fires actually sometimes make the buildings fall down. (laughs) Um, Anyway, yeah, and eventually they erected a memorial to the three fallen firefighters. That's good. As far as Mm -hmm. memorials go, it's not bad. Like, yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, it says, to sacrifice one's own safety in the service of others requires a courage that is rare. Those among us who do are true heroes. I'm I'm not sure where that's from, but <laughs> it sounds like Faulkner to me, but I bet it isn't. I I don't know. Mm. 
and then yes (laughs) pour one out for the firefighters yes Mm -hmm. the the moment of respectful silence there slightly interrupted by us respect the troops of fighting fires If nothing else, I will say this much: they do have much cooler patches than cops. Yes, because like no co- cop unit patches are all like, oh, we put a, we put a skull on this because we're like the Punisher. Whereas firefighter ones, it'll just be like a fifty foot tall red orc, <laughs> like shouldering his way through an inferno, and you're just like. Shit, that's dude. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking cool. Like I say, firefighters, firefighters, beautiful himbos, and like yes. the the patch design bears that out. So you know, I I, I respect that very much. Uh, Liam, did you figure it out? No, it just relays back to either a Navy SEAL fan page or a thing about one Meridian. <laughs> oh my! Oh, that's God. cursed. Uh, that's cursed. Navy SEAL fan page. Well, you know, yeah, the, the firefighters—they're like the Navy SEALs of fire. Yes. <laughs> if a SEAL lived in fire, <laughs> I was confused arf, about arf, that. Arf, arf. Yes. No, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't understand. Like, you know, we're we're the we're the SEALs, right? We 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 balance a ball on our nose. So the ball yeah. is a gun. So is my yeah. dick. <laughs> I, I honk a horn when the trainer tells me to. Sometimes I sort of lie. I lie Dude, on a floating crime. dock in Seattle, you know, just just sunning myself. <laughs> I being a real seal sounds like a lot better than being a Navy seal, honestly. Yeah. Oh yeah, less work. Yes. And anyway, that's the story of one Meridian Plaza. Let's go to. A segment on our show we call Safety Third. Shake hands with danger. All right. Oh this one is this one is from a while back. We should have done this earlier. Um, yeah, we get yeah. to these when we get to them. First of all, I discovered you all during quarantine, and this pod is sweet, sweet music to my ears. I've watched most of the Chemical Safety Board videos, and those don't even have jokes. So WTYP, WTYP is exactly the content I crave. I've got a story, or a series of scenarios at least, for Safety Third. I spent my last year of undergrad working in an organic chemistry lab. Oh boy. It's not at a particularly prestigious university, but the lab was, at the time, participating in a worldwide chemistry-related competition and getting a lot of press. I just note that to contextualize the complete lack of safety in the lab, that that this was at the time the department's top news item, right? The building was 50 years old and notoriously unhealthy. Two separate labs upstairs had caught fire over the past couple of decades, and one of them stayed empty with doors and windows blacked out for years after the fire. Oh, goth lab. Yeah. Sewage pipes backed up relatively often, and because all kinds of chemicals went down the lab drains, you might just lean over a water fountain and smell something odd. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> this sounds like Hess Labs at Drexel. Oh, yeah. Well, we ran a whole place like a 70s NASCAR team. Yeah. 
The lab I was in was the worst lab in the building. It was in the basement. We had one emergency fluorescent light, which was always on, and every time it rained, this light filled with water, which pooled in and <laughs> dripped out of the corners of the fixture. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I worked there for a year, and this was never fixed. The lab mm-hmm. also had no windows and no ventilation. Don't need them. Don't need well, them. That just adds weight. It reached 80 degrees Fahrenheit in the summers and stayed around 58 degrees Fahrenheit in the winters. Nice. No comment on how this affected the reproducibility of our experiments. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we worked with gallons and gallons of organic solvent. I frequently ran two to four liters of organic solvent through an enormous silica column to purify chemicals. I did this in a fume hood, but few of our fume hoods worked. <laughs> At least one fume hood ran in reverse and blew air out of the fume hood. <laughs> <laughs> so when I ran columns, I would take breaks to stop my head from spinning. Oh boy. I remarked often okay. on how a single spark would probably send the entire basement up in flames due to all the fumes. Yeah, probably. Cool. I put up with this all because it was one of the few lab jobs on campus that was paid, and I was a depressed undergrad without adequate fear of cancer. <laughs> My coworkers, mostly grad students, did not give a fuck. Grad students? Really? Yeah. A month or two after mm-hmm. starting in the lab, I realized that solvent waste had not been disposed of for ages. There was no formal training upon joining the lab, so I didn't know how disposal worked. Now, organic solvents, being extremely flammable, are supposed to be stored in fireboxes. And running solvent through a column and then combining it with other kinds of solvent doesn't make them less flammable. So we had a separate fire cabinet for waste bottles. Mm-hmm. That cabinet I held, I think, about 12 four liter bottles of waste when it got full the grad students just stashed more waste in a wooden cabinet without flammable production (laughs) okay so after trying to badger the more senior grad students and getting nowhere i taught myself how ehs disposal worked in the building borrowed a cart and took two trips upstairs to turn in over 18 four liter bottles of organic solvent waste only you can prevent lab fires. And I mean, this this vindicates the grad students, right? If you just leave it alone until it gets dangerous enough, someone we'll else do will it. do it. Yes. And someone else did. Also, yeah. Twitter has permanently suspended Donald Trump. That makes me smile. <laughs> he can't post anymore. Oh my god, he's, 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 he's screaming he's got- log off at the White House. <laughs> Damn. Join me on Gab or a uh, Parlor. It didn't even. It, 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 you know, they, 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 they took an insurrection to suspend that guy. All it took was. They me. really should have done that. Yeah. Saying yeah. that you were going to salt the fields yeah, of somebody. Exactly. I said yeah, I was going to burn goes, him uh, to the ground. Don't wait till he goes out. Uh, Roz, you simply have to become president of the United States. And I think you could swing that. That's probably so. a good idea. I could become president. Like, no problem. I just choose yeah. not to. Do do not eat 2024. Yes. Oh boy. Oh I'm going to run for mayor of Philadelphia first. Do it, you coward. Yeah, 2023, <laughs> mayor of Philadelphia. Okay. So, waste disposal continued to be my problem for the entire year, 
because everyone else refused to do it. I vividly remember finding bottles with smeared red Sharpie where someone had noted they'd added an unusually dangerous chemical. And then organic solvent running down the side of the bottle had wiped out the name. Example here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I love to have added geekism. Hmm? A few other notes that will make that will specifically make EHS people cringe. Lab members wore shorts in lab in the summer, and goggles were kind of optional. Oh no! Well, they did. How hot did they say it got in the summer? Like uh, eighty Fahrenheit. Yeah, eighty Fahrenheit. Yeah. Yes, I I I take the risk. I wear the shorts. Yeah, that's a good point. Oh, yeah. yeah, they should, probably should have installed some air conditioning if they wanted people to wear have proper safety equipment. Specifically, the postdoctorate I worked with told me that since he wore regular glasses for his vision, he didn't need to wear goggles. Oh no. <laughs> because I'm Homer Simpson. Like yes. So uh, RIP splash protection. In retrospect, I should have worn masks when handling the silica for our columns, but I don't think we had any. We did have a bunch <laughs> of inherited chemicals from the 1980s or so, including uranium salt. Our EHS department inspected the lab once while I was there in Plastis with two critiques. Our fume hood glass sashes should have been closed, and we should have an explosive-proof fridge for some of our chemicals. The PI, I don't know what a PI is, shot an email back to let them know that the fume hood sashes were open because they were actually physically stuck like that. Oh my god. Because <laughs> they were 50 years old, and the EH said, oh, that makes sense, carry on. What? <laughs> but on to the scenario that finally freaked out even my PI. I still don't know what a PI is. I was running PhD instructor, uh, I guess. That could be it. Yeah, that sounds about right. I was running a series of experiments involving organic peroxides. If you Google organic pero, it autofills organic peroxide explosion. But this story <laughs> isn't actually about me or the peroxides. I somehow never had any incidents there. It's about an undergrad who had been working in the lab longer than me and her incredibly incompetent grad student mentor. The undergrad's academic schedule for the semester was basically incompatible with the project she'd just been shifted to because it required eight hours of continuous work. She'd been making the project work by splitting it up over two days, leaving her reaction project in the fridge between reaction and purification, but the PI had decided this was unacceptable and probably the reason that things weren't working. At this point, I should note that the PI had not replied to any of her emails over the past eight months or so. Communi oh, cool. Communication with them was perpetually fucked. Now it sounds like academia. Yes. The undergrad made it work by going in on the weekends. Technically, we were not allowed to work alone. But the grad student on this project, or the grad student on this project should have taken on this weekend work instead of her. But he was an amazingly lazy person. Once when I asked him to help me with waste disposal, he made an excuse and literally ran down the hallway away from me to get out of it. <laughs> <laughs> now, excuse me, I left the stove on. At home. <laughs> Now, now, in some labs, having an undergrad working alone on the weekends is not a problem. An organic chemistry lab is not one of those. 
The number of ways you could hurt yourself or find yourself in need of the safety shower are endless, especially on her project, because the reaction she was working on in, involved tert-butyl lithium. Uh... Uh, you may remember the name tert-butyl lithium from any chemical safety training since 2008, or from the news, or from the $4.5 million lawsuit, all resulting from an incident in which a grad student burned to death at UCLA. Um, this stuff ignites spontaneously on contact with air. If you've gotten this far in the email, you know this lab was not nearly safe enough to be able to work with this. I will say to avert suspense, uh, open parentheses, leave this sentence out if you want suspense to be maintained. Close parentheses. Do we want suspense to be maintained? No, I already let put the sentence in. You did. Oh, okay. No one was injured in this lab by the sheer grace of God. I heard all this story secondhand, so I may be a little bit fuzzy on some details, but things started going wonky as soon as the undergrad got there. She tried to get her reagents together and realized there were three separate bottles of tert butyl lithium in the fridge without date labels. Oh, good. That seems mm -hmm. safe. She sent a picture to her grad student asking which to use. She didn't get a response, so she picked one. She oh, safely wow. got the compound out and injected it into a reaction flask, which was sealed with a rubber stopper and had inert nitrogen gas pumped into it to prevent ignition. But it looked weird when her reagents were combined. It was the wrong color. The undergrad wasn't an idiot and was already suspicious of the three undated bottles, so she stopped here and sent a picture to the grad student and to our PI. She put the sealed reaction flask in the fridge and asked how to neutralize the solution so she could dispose of it and try again with a newer bottle. That's right, she had been working on a project using tert-butyl lithium for months and never been instructed on how to neutralize the reagent if you needed to. Oh, boy. Yeah. This prompted my PA's, a PI's first email to her in months, which is a panicked all-caps email, as it should have been. <laughs> <laughs> Good. You know, I'm just looking at this second picture on the right here. Is, is, is that... This looks like uh, a fucking flask on the... <laughs> Yeah, is this flask on the bottom left of that picture filled with beans? <laughs> it kind of looks like it, right? Or cat vomit. Yeah. This MF, this MF reacting beans. beans. <laughs> Her grad student mentor admitted he also had no idea how to neutralize the solution. Oh, cool. Okay. Nice. Tight. Let's see it. <laughs> I'm a little fuzzy on the details of what happened next, but I believe it resulted in all three of them in the lab neutralizing the reaction and disposing of it, and horrific disaster was averted. Uh, averted, excuse me. The aftermath did not involve any kind of EHS intervention because, of course, no one told them. <laughs> Stop snitching. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> it did not involve disposing the two old bottles of tert-butyl lithium, which, it turned out, the grad students knew had been sitting in there for months to years, and just ignored because no one knew how to get rid of them. I love chemistry students. <laughs> yeah, we just got a couple of bombs in this fridge. This is probably turn. This is a chemical that turns you inside out. Um, don't touch don't that. To do touch with that it. with don't, gloves on. Yeah, don't don't touch it. <laughs> 
<laughs> we did get much stricter lab guidelines on what undergrads were allowed oh, to use and what they could not w- work with alone. I was no longer allowed to run my peroxide reactions without having a grad student watch me through the whole pres- process. I was still allowed to use the stuff, and the other undergrad was still allowed to use tert butyl lithium. We did not get an explosives-proof fridge. The building was renovated mm-hmm. after I graduated, and I hope the conditions have improved. But knowing what EHS passed as acceptable previously, I'm sure employees there are still courting death every day. Personally, I expect I've taken a couple years off my life. Yeah, this was <laughs> nice to get an email from the, the Chernobyl firefighter. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, we'll get you a, a himbo challenge coin. Yeah. <laughs> the WTYP himbo challenge coin. <laughs> yeah, strength through strength. Um, mm. This is probably too long, but I think that's a WTYP tra- tradition. And this is a yeah, story I've it. been percolating for a few years now, considering which kinds huh. of cancer or polyneuropathy I will develop. I only hope that WTYP pod will be there for me in my convalescence. Yeah, don't worry. We'll be here. We got fifty plus episodes here, buddy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, just uh, we we have just read the lyrics to the Great Big Sea song, the so Process Workers song, <laughs> the Bangers yes. Only podcast. Yeah, that's right. Every day, every day you're in this place. You're two days nearer death. Yes, apparently. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> Good lord. Mein Gott. Mein Gott yes. Himmel. Well, well, I forgot to never, never go into chemistry. Don't folks. do no, chemistry. Do not do, no, chemicals are bad for you. Every yeah. every chemical. <laughs> you ever consume chemicals? Fuck that shit. Yeah, Absolutely exactly, not. Right? Even once. I have a chemical. Yeah. <laughs> I have a chemical free diet. Actually, there's no chemicals <laughs> in my diet. I I because I don't eat anything. Actually, <laughs> you like breakfast sausage. Uh. No, that's full of chemicals. No chemicals in that. No, there's no, no yeah. chemicals. Yeah. There's absolutely chemical. no chemical. Yeah. Beef is not a chemical, no. <laughs> no. What's the what's the chemical name for beef? <laughs> uh, <woof. laughs> what's the molecular structure of beef? Uh, uh, <laughs> Just sticking together a bunch of those little balls with uh, in the shape of a cow. I've synthesized <laughs> beef. I'm a genius. Now the, the molecule of cow looks like a tiny cow. <laughs> assume a spherical cow yeah uh, assume a, 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 a spherical cow of uniform density <laughs> <laughs> you know on googling I do find a, a forum thread where someone is asking other chemists what the chemical formula of beef could possibly <laughs> oh be oh my god <laughs> <laughs> the standard uh, the ASTM uh, beef sample <laughs> Or no, it's NIST that does the standardized materials. Because you can get the, they make the $299 standard peanut butter. As they point out, something called the myosin light chain alone is around 20,000 Daltons. To represent beef chemically, you would need a billboard minimum. Oh, wow. (laughs) I, I choose to believe the beef molecule is a small cow it's small cow yeah done yeah. in done in Just like hydrogen grass and carb. molecules yeah. molecules yeah 
This is why I, I, I didn't go into chemistry. I, no, I would not I no. would not want to get no. out. Nope. You know, <laughs> Look, if they're not the beakers if they're not tiny really, animals in there, why is why it called I, a mole? Why am, yeah. I, why am I here? What day is it? I don't know. Like the, the beakers <laughs> and the tubes, that's pretty cool. Like the the, the beep, part beep, where I have beep, to think beep, about things, beep, I don't beep. like that. <laughs> I, I wanna I wanna be like the Barbie scientist, not like the real scientist. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you want one of the like modern chemistry sets, unlike the early ones that just gave you a like a, a flask full of uranium. Yeah, would you like some? No, strychnine, I want the flask kids? full of uranium. Kids, you want some strychnine? What do you, you mean? Some no. Why are you running away from me? Come back here. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna finish this marathon, goddamn you. <laughs> um. So anyway, I forgot to put in the last slide because I'm a moron. Uh, so I'll just edit this in and post. Next episode's on the Tacoma Narrows Bridge disaster. Finally. That's right. Yeah, here, here, here's... Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is the second time I've done this on this podcast. Uh, 51 episodes, you've only had to do it twice. That's not so bad. Yeah, that's fine. And what have we learned from this? Put sprinklers in your buildings, put yes. smoke alarms in your keep buildings. Keep your yes. stairwells uh, unlocked, apparently. Keep yeah. your stairwells unlocked. Yes. Um... Don't demolish. Always respect firefighters. Always respect Frank Furness. Yeah. Or he'll burn your building down from beyond the grave. Yeah, that's why they call him Frank Furness. Yeah, true, yes. Well, it's because his mixtape was fire, but yeah, sure. <laughs> yes, I'm Think of your things. own backstory, I guess. That's right. Do you have any commercials before we go? Next bonus episode is on the NFL. I'll get around to writing slides. Shut up. Okay. Telling them to shut up, not you. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. F fuck you to the fans. Fuck, fuck you. Thanks for, fuck thanks you for the money. Enjoy. Yeah, thanks for the money. <laughs> fuck, fuck you for enjoying the podcast. You fucking terrible people. God damn it. Well, once again, thanks for the money. <laughs> Uh, bye, everybody. Try not to, like, try to survive fascism. Yeah, yes. Good luck. Do your best. Good luck, yeah. everyone. Good luck. See you God next speed. week. Yes. Hopefully. Don't don't become uh don't don't become fascist. Don't do that. It's a no, bad don't idea. Do that. That's mm -hmm. bad. You know what happens? You know what happens to fascism? It collapses in on itself because uh, all those people are morons. They were not. Yeah, it's true. Mm -hmm. Eats it eats its own. Yes. Um. On the other hand, if you do have an opportunity to steal the podium for the Speaker of the House, I would go with it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we are open to negotiation. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm fine, yes. actually fine with like the concept of breaking into Nancy Pelosi's office. It's just you know I'd prefer it's release like one of the us. UFO files. God damn yeah, you! Yes, exactly. <laughs> give me give me the uh, give me the uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> just yeah, give give me the other Zapruder film. Yeah, I would like the uh, I, I would just like the the, the, the the Zack Snyder cut. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the Frank Darabont directed yeah. cut of the Zapruder film. Yeah, Jodorowsky's version of Dune in there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's what they're really keeping from us. Is right. this the original Duke Nukem Forever? <laughs> Nancy! <laughs> What else are they keeping in there? <laughs> <laughs> and patriots, it's up to us to find out. Yes, exactly. So, hi everybody. In conclusion, go to bed, yes. Alice. Off you to Zen. Yeah, I will. Off you to Zen. Au revoir. That's Fedonia. Au revoir. Uh, uh, <laughs> shit. Okay. End of slideshow. Click to exit. Right. <laughs>
There you go.